Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo-Coster. I am so stoked for today's episode because we finally have my biz bestie and favorite Facebook ad strategist, Nicole Dietrich, on the show. In this episode, we're talking all about Facebook ads after iOS 14. We're dispelling the myth that Facebook ads don't work, sharing what most agencies have been doing wrong, and what Nicole has done differently that's allowed her to still create crazy positive results for her clients, even in the wake of the iOS updates. She's sharing her process for identifying audiences, what makes great creative, a new strategy she's been using to get around the lack of third-party data that Facebook lost with the updates, and the numbers you should be looking at to ensure whoever is running your ads is actually making you money. Plus, we're sharing a kick-ass tool I created to help you better understand your numbers that Nicole now uses with all of her clients. Okay, friend, grab your notebook, slow down your listening speed, and let's hop into the episode. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm just so glad that we're finally able to get you on here. And I'm sure the listeners are people who are in the Facebook group and realize how much we do together and are like, wait, Nicole's never even been on the podcast before. What the fuck? <laughs> so we finally did it. She's all fancy now. She's got a real microphone. So we're excited to dive in. And of course, you know, I did introduce you already, but for those people and those listeners who don't actually know who you are, do you want to just give us a little bit about you, what you do and why we should listen to anything you have to say? Of course. Yeah. So hi everyone. I'm Nicole Diedrich. I own Diedrich Marketing Strategies. We've been in business now full-time for about almost two and a half years now, which is crazy. This is the longest job I've ever had other than like internships when I was younger. So I'm really proud of myself. But just a little bit about what we do. So I started out into the organic social media marketing into that niche and helping brands get from brand new businesses to six figure plus, and then also dived into paid advertising for them. So I did that when I was in my corporate positions, but more so for like half a billion dollar companies. That was a little different aspect than what I'm doing now for e-commerce brands. So It was something that I just started to dive into and people gave me the chance to really learn Facebook ads tremendously well. And so that's really what I do now. I found a passion for it. I'm very creative, but the data side of things, I've always been good at like math and science, but I never found a way to like make it fun until I started this job and this business. And so now we have three full-time employees, not including myself and my husband. 
And it's, we're really blessed, but we also have definitely worked our asses off to get to this point for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely get like the marriage of the creative and the data. And I think that's why I love retail and I've been doing retail, gosh, for 20 plus years because it really is a marriage of those two things and e-commerce and digital marketing. So I get to use both sides of my brain, which I love because I am also easily bored. So (laughs) it's awesome to have to do a little bit of everything. Obviously we're here, we're talking about Facebook ads after iOS 14, but before we get into like the nitty gritty of how everyone can go do this, I'd love for you to just give us a little insight into what has it been like as an ads manager during this time? Because I remember us talking and I'd be like, oh my gosh, Nicole, I do not envy you. I am so glad I don't run Facebook ads for people. (laughs) So what has kind of been some of your biggest struggles while running ads for your clients? And like, how have you had to adjust your strategy? I think the hardest part for me was there wasn't enough information when it was coming out. So they're like, oh, some things will change. We'll know everything changed. Like we weren't well informed to be kind of ahead of the game, which I thought was really frustrating on my end. There were tons of times where I was literally just crying myself to sleep during this time. And it wasn't because I didn't have clients or to like grow my business. You know, it was a way different cry than when I first started my (laughs) business to then where I was at now. And it was just because it was really frustrating to try to figure out how to do it all by myself without any outside support. The people who are doing successful with iOS 14 right now is because we did the grind. We did the tears and we figured out what needed to happen. Granted, I was pretty lucky with our clients at the time being willing to work through all of that. And also my previous strategy to ads made it to where we didn't just completely dip. And that was what was really sad for a lot of e-commerce brands who are using other agencies who maybe didn't know as much technicality to the back end of ads. So they totally had to start over or a lot of them actually left the industry, which I thought was also sad because they just didn't have the support to understand what they needed to do to get better at it. But it's also why I have such a passion now to teach others how to do it, as well as obviously managing those who want us to manage it for them. So it was the fear of, I may have to drop this part of my business that I love so much because I'm not going to sell something that I can't get results from my clients with. And what we did was we really dove into tracking. I think that was the biggest thing that affected the back end of Facebook ads when iOS hit is they couldn't track things properly. So they can't tell you, hey, this sale actually did come from an ad, but they opted out of our tracking. Okay. So we can't tell you they actually came from an ad. And so it's been definitely a struggle and lots of turmoil, but at this point, I feel really confident with where we're at with it. And there is like a rainbow at the end of the dark tunnel, I promise. And it's so, so worth doing, especially when you have people who have done that type of work, you know, like I have and my team have done that are going to be able to set you up in a space where you don't feel scared. You feel like confident and comfortable with trying it out yourself. I love that. And I love you touched on it. We're definitely going to talk about this as like, the strategy that you guys were already using is so different than what most agencies do. And that's a lot to do with why you're still successful. So don't worry, guys, we're definitely going to touch on that. 
And that's one of the reasons why I refer all my clients to Nicole, because I know that she can get results and she does things a little bit different than most agencies do. And also just talking through like all the nitty gritty that you guys did go through and the tracking. And I definitely going to ask you about how the results are now, what you guys are seeing to give everyone a little bit of hope, <laughs> let them know that it is still possible, but you are a smaller boutique agency and, you know, maybe you're not going to be that forever in terms of size, but I think you'll always be that in terms of culture and anyone who's ever worked a corporate job or worked with these big agencies, like they are so turn and burn. It's just, Hey, how many people, how many clients can we get in? And if they only stay with us for three months, doesn't matter. Cause we're just getting more and more and more. And it's funny because I get cold pitched from platforms and salespeople who want to help me do that with e-commerce badassery. And they're like, oh, I can get you 60 new leads a week. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't need that. Thanks. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, love not to go off on a tangent, but when you guys are out there listening to what's happening, because I see so many people just say, ah, Facebook ads don't work. And they've kind of given up on it and they hate Facebook and they don't want to put their money there. And look, I don't think that you should put all of your eggs in any one basket by any means, but I really want to dispel the myth that Facebook ads don't work because that's not true. They do. It's just the people that were doing them, they were relying on the technology to do the work for them, frankly. And now the technology doesn't have all the information that it needs to do what it was doing before. So you need an actual strategist and marketer who's going to do the work for you. Okay. We're going to talk more about that, but I'd love to know. So you've gotten over like the main hump of iOS 14 so what does it look like for your clients now? Like, how are things going? Give us a little hope about running ads. Give us all the good stuff. So all the great stuff, it works. Okay. Everything's working really well. Right now we're averaging for our clients between two to six times. Whereas I have a client that like, she's super up there, which is like kind of out of the norm. But I would say that for a lot of our clients, they're in the two to four times whereas, which means they're profitable. And that's something we'll talk probably a lot through this podcast Roraz isn't the number that I want you guys to pay attention to anymore when it comes to your ads. I really want you to pay attention to if it's bringing you in money, like you're profitable, whether you're doing your ads right and you're including your time, right? Because that still costs money or you have somebody else managing that. You really want to know what's actually making you money on the back end. Now, there's tons of things that ads can do for you beneficially wise that maybe on the front end, you're not completely profitable yet, but on the back end, you really are. And it does depend, obviously, on the type of business you run or that you have. And so for us, we work with, obviously, a lot of e-commerce brands, and a lot of them are profitable at like that 1.5 to 2 times ROAS with our fees included. And that to me is something is I won't take on clients at like certain levels unless I know I can make them profit because it is hard. Like ads is something that depending on the industry you're in can be super competitive or it can be, hey, we're just not niched enough to be able to find those people on Facebook, but maybe we can find them in Pinterest or TikTok. So there's lots of other avenues, right? But I have to say, if you know how to do it well with audiences and with good creative, right? You're different in your field. You have really great organic sales naturally. 
you'll see good growth with Facebook ads. And that's something I've noticed with all of my clients who've done well is they have a really good following already organically. They have really good buyers already. And so when we move them to ads, it takes off. Yeah. That was actually going to be one of my next questions is for those clients that are successful, what are those common threads? And gosh, I know it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg. Like we always recommend that you prove product market fit organically first, but it's like, how do I do that if I don't have any traffic? And we're going to talk about a little trick of what you can do if you are just starting out, if you have a small budget. So we're definitely going to get into that. Don't go away. But you know, if you heard they're seeing two to six times return on ad spend. So that is just like the amount of revenue that they get after whatever they spent. So those are really, really strong numbers. And it just proves that like this still works. So I'd love to kind of just get into a little bit more of what you do that is different and how you approach ads why you've continued to be successful when a lot of others have not been. I think there's three things for us that make us really different, especially from those bigger agencies right now. The first one is our tracking and how we track. So I am all for the tools and finding everything and anything in my power to make sure that you as a business owner know where your sales are coming from, as well as we know where they're coming from. Because if we're seeing organically Google or Pinterest, for example, are bringing in a ton of sales organically, we may want to boost that with a paid avenue. But for us, it's our tracking and our ability that we go into every sale and all of our clients and we track and see, did that come from an ad or what other source did it come from? Yes, it takes time. It has been a hundred percent worth it for our client retention, but also to be able to scale our clients' advertising campaigns, which I think with the iOS change has been the most difficult is actually scaling campaigns. The next thing that we do differently is obviously our audiences and how we target audiences through Facebook ads. So something that I've been doing since I started ads was it's called detailed targeting. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's just a couple interests here and there. No. For us, we do tiered targeting. It's pretty much like we're funneling people from your niche to make sure that every dollar, every cent that ad is going out and spending is hitting somebody that could possibly be a customer. This is something that a lot of people and bigger agencies have struggled with now because they didn't have to do that before. They could just spend a lot of money and the algorithm would figure it out. And then the algorithm would do it for them. I've never been like that because I started with really small brands, right? With really small budgets. And I had to make sure that I was doing my best to make sure I was making them money. And I made mistakes with clients previously. I didn't have everything that I have now to show the profitability. And I didn't know where they were losing money because I wasn't asking enough questions about their bottom line and their numbers. And that's something that I think I want to say here too is make sure that if you're bringing somebody on that they do know your gross margins, that they do know your LTVs so that they can actually give you like, hey, this is where we're breaking even. This is where we're making money. And here's where we're at right now, because that's where I think a lot of mistakes happen when you're handing it off to somebody else. And then the third thing that we do really differently here is I don't have a limit on the campaign creatives that we create for our clients. 
So if something's not working, I'm going to change it. And apparently from a lot of my current and past clients, that's not a thing for a lot of agencies. They put a limit on the campaigns that they create. And most of the time it's like a one and done, like every month they go in and check things and that's it. We don't do that here. I'm in ads manager every single day, tweaking budgets, tweaking copy, tweaking creative, because I have the team, we're small but mighty, to make sure that we're doing that to make you the most money. And I think that's where ads management becomes very time sensitive or where you're using a lot of time, because if you're not in it every day, you could be missing the opportunity to scale certain things or turn things off that aren't making you money. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys, we need to unpack all of this a little bit more. And I definitely want to start with the detailed audience targeting. So you guys have probably heard me talk about this a little bit more. And I had another podcast episode when iOS 14 was first announced that sort of explained some of this. So I'll put that link in the show notes, but let's just clarify a little bit in terms of using that detailed targeting versus relying on the algorithm. So let's clarify too, in case you don't know, or like fully get what did iOS 14 do? What that did was gave the user the option to opt out of tracking across their other web behavior. So what Facebook used to do is when you went to other websites and things like that on the internet, Facebook would know that you did that because it was tracking you. It was tracking all of your behavior off of Facebook. Now with iOS 14, the user has the option to opt out of that. And I think the statistic was like 70% or something of people did opt out. It's so high, which I opted to stay tracked because I want to see relevant ads. And I'll tell you, I've seen some pretty cool shit over Q4 that I bought. And I'm really glad that that tracking was on just saying. Yes. (laughs) Um, And it was all from smaller businesses. So just saying there's that. But whereas the detailed targeting is really more based on the data that Facebook has about you as the user, like their first party data. Remember back in the day when you used to put all this information in about you, like your favorite TV shows and movies and everything. And then those all eventually like turned into pages that you liked and you put in what you do for a living and when your birthday is and you mark when you get engaged or married, like that is all first party data that Facebook can use to target you. And that is part of what you are accessing when you are using detailed targeting. So back in the day, I think when Facebook ads first started, that was really the thing. Then it was all about the algorithm. You just spend a bunch of money, the algorithm figures it out. And people would say like, don't use detailed targeting, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, okay, we have to go back to being actual skilled marketers who understand our audience. (laughs) And that's where that detailed targeting comes back into play. So I just want to make sure everybody gets and understands that. And obviously, like Nicole was saying, there's a lot of stuff that they do differently, but my experience in speaking to different agencies, people that I've worked with, clients that I've seen switch from one agency to Nicole, for instance, that is the number one biggest difference between what those big agencies are doing and what she's doing And we're not going to name any names, but there's multiple clients who have switched to Nicole coming from large agencies that once Nicole dug into the numbers, like they weren't profitable, they were losing money. They were spending all this money, not getting 
sales, let alone return customers. So like, it's a whole thing. Even if it's not Nicole, if you're doing this yourself, you're hiring a different agency, just make sure you're asking those questions and really kind of paying attention to what they're doing. Not that you have to be a micromanager, but you do need to understand how people are managing your money. And that really brings me to the reporting piece that you were talking about of you as the ads manager need to know the customer lifetime value. So you know what that client can afford to spend to acquire a customer and what their product margins are, because you could be bringing in a thousand dollars, but really you're only making whatever your margin is on that. And so revenue wise, it may look good, but if your margins aren't good, then you're not actually making money. I'm rambling now, but like you guys get the point, right? (laughs) And I created a tool to help you with this. Yes. I'm going to stick the link in the show notes. There's no fancy sales page, but it is a spreadsheet that's going to help you do this. If you have questions about it, just come to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group and ask me. Um, happy to share those details with you. But point is, know your numbers, make sure your ad person knows your numbers and that you are approaching this from a scientific place. Speaking still of audiences. So you start with these detailed audiences. Those are your cold audiences, people who don't know you. Are you still using like lookalikes or remarketing? Cause we know that has like totally gone in the shitter after iOS 14. (laughs) all the things, right? So the first thing I'll say is, yes, so our detail targeting is definitely still working. It works really well. So a lot of people also, I forgot to mention, transfer over to us because it's really easy to make people's numbers look good if they have a huge audience, a huge following, and you're just hitting retargeted customers. It's really easy to be like, oh, I'm getting you a five times whereas, but 80% of those customers were already your customer. So that to me is where a lot of people also transfer to us because we focus on brand new customers. So really acquisition. And as an e-commerce business owner, you all know, acquisition is queen to fill your funnel. And that's something that a lot of people have come to us for because we bring in about, I don't know, it depends, 75 to 85% of our customers that we're bringing into our clients are brand new. So that's what's really going to lead down the line to help them with their LTV. We're not taking out of the profit of a customer they've already gotten. And that's to me why detailed audiences work so well and have worked well for us before the iOS update. The only change we have made to the detailed audiences now is actually excluding customer lists. So that's something that a lot of people weren't doing. And they're like, why is it hitting people that are already our customer? It's because they opted out of the iOS update. And so Facebook ads wasn't able to tell if they'd already been a customer or not. So that's something to add in. If you guys are doing targeting right now, you have interest-based targeting, make sure to update. I would say, depending on how big your customer list is every month, that customer list into those audiences to make sure we're excluding past customers. So that's the only change I've made to that. I have broad audiences, which is about 60 plus interests into one tier of the audience build out. And then I create my detailed audiences. Again, both of these are cold. So brand new people, hopefully, right? It's about 75% accurate with the iOS stuff, but it works really well. And that one is three tiers. So Facebook actually allows you to tier things off when you're doing detailed based targeting up to three different tiers. And what I do is I have it based off the interests 
of like your company, right? So as an e-commerce business owner, let's say you're a boutique owner. I work with a lot of those. Your first tier would be based off of those type of interests, right? So other boutique owners, other shopping spaces that your customers probably go to or like. And the next tier would be about the who. So who is your customer? Are they moms? Are they aunts? Where are they going to be located on that who spectrum? Are they engaged? Kind of the demographics about them. And then the last tier is hobbies slash interests. And so what that does is it's pretty much this big funnel. So we start with the industry or the interests, which usually is that bigger pool. And then we kind of narrow them down from there. That has worked tremendously well. And a lot of people ask me, they're like, Nicole, okay, so I do that. I put my 20 plus interests or my 60 plus interests in a broad, let's say, what do my numbers need to be that it says it's going to reach? You know, on the right-hand side, it tells you, here's how many people you're possibly going to reach. The goal for a detailed audience is 20 million plus, okay, at least 20 million. If it's below that, it might be a little too small to where you're having to spend more than you have to on new acquisition. And then for broad, that one's going to be bigger because we're adding it just into one tier. We're not narrowing it down anymore. And that one, I like to be around at least 75 million to 125 million. A lot of people are like, that's still a lot of people, but trust me, depending on who you're hitting, it's worth it and it works well. But that's just a little bit about how we build those out. It's nothing like crazy technical, I wouldn't say, but sometimes it is hard to dive into our customers a little bit, which is something that I know Jess focuses on a lot is knowing who your customer is, because when you do marketing organically and marketing definitely paid is going to be much more helpful for you and your business's growth. Yeah, absolutely. And even when you do know your customer, like I think about my own experience of like doing ads myself, it's like, I know who my customer is. I know how to talk to her. I know where she's hanging out. But when I like sit down to do that, I'm just like, I don't know. And sometimes we're just too close and we need someone else to do it for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Sometimes like me and Jess are talking about this too. It's so easy to strategize for other people. And then I look at my own business and I'm like, uh, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yes, totally. It's so fucking weird. I don't know. I think it's just, we're just in our own heads about it too much. So are you still using lookalike audiences at all? The answer is yes, but only for certain clients. So lookalike audiences are great if you have a huge email list, which is why emails are so important. And I would say like over 5,000, you're going to see some results. It's just going to take longer. So less spend on that for a longer period of time. But I have clients currently that have hundreds of thousands of followers on social media and they have really big email lists. So we're able to actually use lookalike well. The only thing that has changed is I don't use like 1%, 2%, 3% lookalikes anymore. I use 5% and 10%. Those are the only ones that seem to be working just because the volume has cut down so much from the first party data that Facebook has, because that's what it's pulling from. When we're saying match these people that I have in my list, it can only pull from Facebook and Instagram now. And I think this leads us perfectly into like kind of this next strategy. And if you guys don't already know, Nicole and I are launching a membership called The Lounge. And a big part of that is going to be Facebook ads. And one of the first things that we're going to really be like diving into is creating this funnel in your ads. And it's essentially a way to get around the fact that you 
can't really access those warmer audiences. You've got your cold audiences that you can grab through detailed targeting, or you've got like your email list and maybe a lookalike audience, depending upon how big it is. But I know you have like a very specific strategy for creating that warm audience that you can remarket to and then build a lookalike audience off of. So I'd love to dive into that. Also, someone in the Facebook e-commerce badassery Facebook group asked me, what's a good 2022 ad strategy for someone who doesn't have a big budget? So I think this funnel strategy kind of answers all of that. So tell me all about it. Okay. So this new funnel strategy that we've been using, I started using it in about, well, I mean, I've always wanted to do it, but a lot of my clients haven't had a ton of budget. So my main goal is when clients are hiring me, they're paying good money for us. I need to make sure I'm making them money. So I focus on conversion campaigns, but since we've been able to grow and our clients are awesome and willing for us to really go through a funneling aspect of ads, the first thing that each of you guys can do, whether you are doing it yourself or hiring somebody out, is called where we're trying to get acquisition or views to your website. So that's probably the word of 2022 is acquisition. It's like, how do I get people (laughs) that view my stuff? Yeah, that's the word of every year in e-commerce. Let's be serious. How do I get more customers? (laughs) (laughs) So these ad campaigns are actually super simple. I call them awareness campaigns. And what it is, is we're normally leading them to the website and you normally have some pop-up or some deal that pops up when they're on the website. This is usually for your email and they get, I don't know what they get, you know, sign up for the list. I'm launching something new. Maybe it's a discount code. I know a lot of people have different views on discount codes right away. All of my clients that I currently have, we do not use discount codes on like cold acquisition. We only use it on warm acquisition. So people who've already been in our space that we know kind of like their items, because for me, if I can get somebody in cold for no discount, that's a win. That's always our main goal there. So these awareness ads are actually way cheaper. And what they allow you to do is just reach your target audience. So you're filling up your ads manager with actual data, which is probably the biggest, most important thing that you can do when you're starting ads and you've never done them before is how can I get the most amount of data into that space in the shortest amount of time that's going to then lead funnel these people, right? To next campaigns of, I want them to convert. I want them to become a lead for this product or this email list, whatever that is. But awareness ads, what they do is they're super cheap because it's based off of link clicks or landing page views. And they bring in these customers just like you would normally for a conversion ad, but we're not asking them to completely take an action. So it's less of a risk for them to engage with our ad. So we're not totally asking them to do something. We're just like, hey, here, check out our new website. Or a lot of people do blogs, which is great for awareness ads. So if you have like a skincare product, let's say, and you're wanting to help people become aware of why they should be you know, buying this product or why they should be wearing sunblocks still in the wintertime, something I just learned about because of one of my clients, you can send them to this blog and it's getting them on the website, which again, That is first party data. So that is something that Facebook can then integrate into its system and it can retarget those people with the next part of your funnel within your ads campaigns. So whether that next part is to be like, hey, I know you've been on my website. I saw that you like this blog. Let's say we know that. Would you like to sign up for my email list? Or maybe the next one is a conversion one where it says, hey, I saw that you like this blog. 
wanted to give you 20% off, sign up here. This is how you do it. So it really allows you to start getting new people you would have not reached without ads for super cheap into that funnel of becoming warm sort of potential customers and then bam, selling them on kind of the back end, which is super fun because I think a lot of people assume that Facebook ads have to be super expensive when you're starting out. You have to be ready to just invest thousands of thousands of dollars up front. And that's not true. Your main goal is really just trying to trigger your ad account to gain as much data as possible so that it can start converting better and helping you with that first party data, right? And making sure that it's hitting the proper customers, et cetera, that you're asking it to do. Yeah. See, that's such a great point. So when you are creating these awareness ads and you're really just putting maybe content in front of them that your ideal customer would be interested in, maybe you're educating them, whatever that is, when they take the action on the ad by clicking the link and then going to your website, guys, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, that now becomes Facebook's first party data. So now they can kind of mark that person as someone who is interested in what you have to offer. And then now you are creating this warm audience of people who are interested in what you have to say. So that's why I love this. And, you know, you can just have this shit running all the time, like all the time and just kind of filling up the funnel, filling up the funnel, filling up the funnel. I know it can feel like, well, they're not making a sale, then I'm not making money, but I'm spending money. But you just have to think of it as one buying data, right? And it's no different than the time, energy, and effort you spend to create organic content for social media. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, maybe you're not putting out dollars and it's not an ad, but it still costs you to create that content. And you're just putting it out there, hoping you attract someone who likes your stuff. This is the same exact thing. You're just putting a little bit more energy behind it. You know, it's just a little switch in mindset, I think, to kind of get over that and realize that it is still valuable. And one of the things that you touched on earlier, Nicole, and I meant to kind of follow up on, but was that customer lifetime value. When you think about guys, how much someone spends with you over the lifetime of shopping with you. Like, let's say on average, someone spends $500 with you. Like how much would you be willing to spend to get that person to come in and shop with you? You'd probably pay a pretty penny. So it's okay to just spend a few bucks to get your content in front of them and just get them into your orbit. It is by no means a waste whatsoever. No. And we talk about this a lot too, but the more people who are on your site, the more likely you're going to get more sales because it's the conversion rate that we're really after. And with ads, it's different than social media because we can actually quantify it. We can see who's clicking on it. We do know, hey, this is the exact audience I want it to go to. And no offense on Facebook and Instagram, it may be going to our aunt, maybe going to our grandma, you know, they'll cheer us on, but they're not necessarily going to buy our stuff. And we can't really quantify that with social media, right? We can see who's viewed it, but grandma Joe, she could have just shared it to her knitting group and it's not relevant to our actual customer base. So that's what I really love about ads too, when you're thinking of it in that mindset of, I'm paying to get viewers who are my ideal customer onto my site. Eventually, the likelihood of them buying over somebody coming to your site from social media 
is way higher. And so that to me is where it really becomes worth it for you, especially when you're just starting out with ads, or even if you've been doing it yourself for a long time, right? Like I'm doing this with my seven figure plus brands right now, because it works and it's been working so well. So to me, that's kind of the end goal too, is what's the cheapest for you, like bottom line, but what's also going to be the most beneficial. So. Yeah. Love all of that. So just to recap for you guys, you know, you're going to do an awareness ad with some piece of content is probably the easiest way to do it, whether it's a blog on your website or, you know, if you have some sort of PDF guide, you're going to give away where they just have to give you your email address. So you just want to get them educated and then maybe you can introduce your product to them. But it's really just like a, hey, did you know, like not too salesy, but you can test that out. Maybe you're selling on the second ad. Maybe you're not selling until the third one. I think it depends on the complexity of your product and the price and how long does it take someone to make a buying decision about your product? Like I always think of with beauty for me and I'm like, oh, I got to put this on my face and on my skin. Like I'm going to do a little bit of research before I commit to <laughs> buying something like that. So you just have to take that into account. But I think it's a really great strategy for anyone to try. And I feel like I should probably be doing it for e-commerce badassery in 2022. So Nicole, let's chat about that. <laughs> We're doing it. Yes, we will do it for sure. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about some of the more fun stuff. And this was also a question in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. What does a good ad look like? Like, I want to talk more about the creative piece of it. And interestingly, I was just having this conversation with someone the other day, like so many people who create content or who run ads, like as an agency or whatever, are like, oh, real type videos or something that looks like user generated content performs really well. Actually, a former client mentioned how they tried something like that and it actually didn't perform well at all. And I do notice that you actually use a lot of static images. So are you seeing consistencies across clients or do you just like test a bunch of shit and it just depends? <laughs> <laughs> so it actually really depends. I would say like there are certain niches. So for our boutiques that we have, carousels do really well and like five second outfit videos do well, but it's really kind of those things that even sometimes not having people's faces in it, it's surprising how people view that. Cause they're like, Oh, I can see myself in that. So we do a lot of those carousels where it's like the full outfit, but the face of our model isn't in it. And those ones just run up because people can imagine themselves in it. Something else that we've been noticing that's been working really, really well is instant experience ads. So you're kind of creating this landing page within the ad and people can buy pretty much right away from that. That's been working really well for our boutique owners as well. When it comes to user-generated content, it does work, but it works for more like you were talking about like beauty stuff or something you're putting in your body, like ingest things. So like treats, for example, when I work with pet brands, user-generated content is really good for them because people can see it being put on them. If it's like something for the dog or the dog actually eating the treat, whatever that is, that's kind of more helpful for them there. But when it comes to clothing, when it comes to products that don't affect like your health, I think is probably what it is. And the static carousels, instant experiences do really, really well. And something I like to do in carousels too is, and 
this is something that Jess can see that you guys can't see. But with a lot of my clients, we manage their social media as well as their ads. We have this cohesive look. So you may be starting to notice this on Instagram, but people are starting to do more pattern type of posts, whether that means like on their actual feed, it looks like a pattern, right? Like every fourth, they're doing something like this, or they actually have a design pattern. That's what we've been doing for ads. So it hasn't just been like the image. It's an actual pattern. Those seem to catch people's attention, keep them longer and make them take an action a lot quicker than if we're just doing for a boutique, let's say, you know, an image of an outfit. And that's something that I'm really happy that we've kind of dove into a little bit more because it allows people to get used to it. So for example, new releases, we do that for our boutique owners. Whenever they drop something, which is like once to three times a week, we'll have a new release go out and people who maybe haven't purchased from them yet get used to that look that we have, right? They're like, oh, okay. Like they're going to release something and maybe I'll see something that I like on Wednesday. And it's pretty cool to see them get re-engaged. And then I can put that into our funnel and I can say, hey, re-engage. You know, our people who've already clicked onto the site past 14 days, hit them with the new arrivals. And that conversion rate off of that ad skyrockets because those people have already gotten used to it. They see the look, whatever can differentiate you in your ads whether it's a design logo, or maybe you're just super fun. So you can create super fun videos. That's, what's going to make you stand out with the creative portion for sure. So when you say a pattern, you mean like, it looks kind of more like a flyer versus just an image of the product. You've kind of got like an image of the product and maybe there's just some like visual design that matches the branding, whether it's like some floral element or something like that. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. It makes it look more like a social post instead of a straight ad. It's like something they can engage with. Sometimes we ask questions on it, like this or that. So it really makes it look like a social media post that they can engage with as well as instantly go and buy from too. Yeah. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, and I mentioned this the other day in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group, there's this post that comes up in my memories every year on Facebook. Cause I posted it many years ago and it was like a description of wizard of Oz. And it talks about like, I can't remember the words exactly, but essentially she like kills to steal shoes and then kills again or something. And I just talked about how like perception is really everything. And it's the same thing when you're creating content for your people. It's like, what is that instant reaction that they have? How do they perceive your words, your images? And it's really about creating content for them, not for you and your business. Like people just don't want to be sold to. They want to be entertained So creating, engaging things, asking them questions, all of that, like it makes perfect sense to me that it works. Like I get that. Okay. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today for you guys listening. I hope that you are taking notes. If not go back and listen, because you could literally sit down and probably create an ad that will actually be successful for you right now, just with what we shared with you today. So I encourage you to do that if you haven't already, but before we go, There are a few questions that I always ask all of my guests. I'm a big believer, and you know this, about keeping it real with my audience because e-commerce is not all sunshine and rainbows. And there is so much bullshit on the internet about how everything is super easy. So I would love to know what was kind of a failure that you've had when you've implemented or tested a strategy with one of your clients? 
<laughs> so guys, there's been a lot. Granted, I've had really amazing clients throughout this almost two and a half year journey, and I'm sure I will continue to have way more. But something that I really failed at before was just the understanding of tracking and doing that for my clients, right? I was relying on one source, which was Facebook ads backend. And that was inflating numbers. That was not having enough of the numbers. I had no idea about the tools and Google analytics. And then the tools that I now use for tracking, I've grown so much in that knowledge and figuring out how valuable that is for clients has been insanely rewarding. But also like, I look back when I first started and I'm like, oh my gosh, like if I had known that then the amount of support I could have given those clients and they'd probably still be with us. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's like, ah, oh, like if I had known what I know now, then like it'd be so different. But for me, I think what has really helped me even in those negative things, because I've had campaigns that I like accidentally put a huge budget on and I wasn't supposed to do that. Thankfully they got some sales. Like those are the worst because I have to be really careful with numbers, especially daily budgets. I had to give people money back because I spent money I wasn't supposed to spend. Honesty and like trust to me is where I want my clients to feel. So when something goes wrong, I will always take accountability of that and I'll do what I need to do to make it better. But at this point in the game, for me, it's what can I do every day to make sure that I'm getting better, that I'm making sure that my clients feel that trust, feel that confidence that they're learning too. You can ask all my clients, but they get access to everything. So all the tools, I don't hide anything. They see all the Excel spreadsheets because I want them to feel informed and empowered with what we are doing for them, which is why learning how to do ads, you know, becoming a little dangerous with them before hiring out is super empowering to you as a business owner. And that's something that I've learned and will continue to grow on is how can I do that for my clients and also myself and my team to make sure that we're always saying, Hey, you know, I screwed up today. That was a big mess up, but I can look myself in the mirror and say, I was accountable for it and I'm going to do better the next day. Oh my gosh. So I just want to touch on two things here that I think it's so, so important. So here's someone who was doing ads before they started their business, is doing ads now, is working with clients, is literally in ads all day, every single day. Like just so you guys know. So most of the time when Nicole and I chat, it's on Facebook messenger because I know she's always already there. Like it's very rare where it's like, she's not currently active on Facebook. So she's legit in there all day, every day, and she is still making mistakes. So when you are doing them yourself and you make mistakes, it is okay. It is totally okay. So I just wanted to mention that and the being a little bit dangerous with something before you outsource it. Oh my gosh. I talk about this all the time. Like you don't need to be an expert. You don't have time to be an expert in everything. I want you to focus on the things that you're really great at. And I want you to hire out the things that you're not, but you need to know enough about it that you don't get fucked over. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just point blank. So you don't get fucked over. Okay. Let's talk about something a little bit happier. And how about a success with a strategy that you tested or you implemented with a client? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have a couple of these. This is, <laughs> this is always fun. I actually did a post about this because I went through one of our clients numbers to see kind of what was happening before we got on board, right? With the ads, because everybody, especially when we're starting to perform has this moment of, oh no, 
like this is working this is making us money like I don't know if I'm ready like to invest more it's like grow more it's like that uh-oh moment in their business because they start to see the success but we start second guessing ourselves it always happens especially my like six to almost seven figures and then my seven figures who are growing they have that uh-oh moment with ads when they start to work so for me I like to always go back and review what was happening either before us or if we've been working with them a long time how we move forward so one of those successes has been one client, just crazy successful. Her average right now since starting is probably a six times or as that's insane. I've never had a client be able to do that and consistently. Okay. Through the holiday season, she was at a nine. So just insane stuff, but it's something to that. It doesn't happen like that overnight. This client has built an amazing business around an amazing niche that really supports her. And we're able to do creative and copy that works for those people. I have another client who has a really great margin. So it makes it easier for us to sell things, but who's never really been profitable with ads, but didn't know that because didn't have the tracking, didn't have the data, didn't have the information. So we've been able to make them profitable within two months. Well, technically their first month, they were very profitable. But within that time, we brought them back from the red to fully, fully profitable. And that to me is something that I'm really happy with. And I'm also very like thankful for Jessica because I wouldn't be in this space without her and I being able to brainstorm together how to show these numbers to our clients. This sheet that we use, that's like the golden sheet, you know, she's putting it down in the notes. Please, you guys need this, has saved how I do my business with my clients for ads. And it's also helped me be able to say we can scale now or we need to scale back. And that to me is really what's exciting when you can go to a client and be like, here are hundred percent your numbers and know exactly what's happening. Here's what we can do to make it even better. Yeah. So I'd love to just real quick on the one who was like in the red on ads, but didn't really know that previously with their previous agency, like what was it that you uncovered that this previous agency was doing wrong, basically? <laughs> oh. What was happening was they were spending too much money without seeing the sales actually coming in. So they have really high revenue a month. And I believe that the agency thought that they were bringing in the same amount of money they were bringing in before iOS happened. And so they are using a lot of retargeting lookalike audiences and spending like almost six figures a month on ads. Holy shit. Yeah. And not tracking them appropriately. So it was not good at all, but it's because they didn't know. They didn't believe that the iOS was affecting it that bad. But right now, what we've been able to do is we've been able to bring them in. 36% of their sales monthly are coming from Facebook ads, which to me, that's a phenomenal space to be at for what they're currently spending and where we're at. But before that, it was maybe 15%, but they were spending 80% of what they're making in revenue on ads and nobody was tracking where the sales were coming from. Got it. Okay. So now you're essentially spending less and making more. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. I love that. Like with this particular person, they didn't know because they didn't know the right questions to ask because the agency wasn't giving them the right numbers. Maybe they didn't even know. Maybe they were misrepresenting it. We don't know. And, you know, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but this is why it's so, so important for you 
as the CEO or the marketing director, whatever it is, if you're responsible for this stuff, you have to understand these numbers and be able to read them and call bullshit on other people. And I have a podcast episode of why you can't trust consultants. And I am a consultant, but like I was the client. So I've seen this firsthand and it's happened to me. And that's the shit I learned the hard way. And part of the reason why I started this business and this podcast in the first place was so that you could learn from my own mistakes. Though as a really troubled teenager who didn't learn from any of my mother's mistakes, even though she always wanted me to, I used to always say, I need to learn them on my own, but like, I'm still going to try, you know, I'm still going to try and just encourage you to really be present in what's happening in your business. And I'll tell you, once you get it, it becomes so much easier. It's not like you have to micromanage it and be super involved, but once you understand it, it's really easy to spot the problems. Yeah. And for us too, what's really nice is like numbers don't lie. So what we have on our Excel sheet that we show our clients every month is they literally can see, okay, yeah, I can see that they spent that. I can see that they made that. I can go into my spaces and they have everything tracked and we can see which campaigns are doing well. It's probably overkill and it's probably over my client's head most of the time. But for them, when they see the green all the way to the right in our Excel sheet and they're like, okay, I'm profitable. That's what matters. And they can say, this isn't just being pulled out of thin air. I know that they're doing this tracking. I see them go into my Shopify account and do this. I will say this though, clients who are doing really successful right now have Shopify sites. It is really, really hard to track with Wix, with WooCommerce, with comment sold sites. So if there's one thing that you guys are looking to do in 2022, think about Shopify. It is an amazing platform and it will help you know your numbers so much easier. Granted, Google Analytics are there, but even that it's hard to connect fully with some of those sites. So that is something that I found with my clients who are doing really successful is those are the sites that they're using. Yeah, because Shopify and Facebook work together to create a tool to help combat iOS 14 and to get the tracking from Shopify to Facebook as your first party data. So it happens on Shopify. Shopify sends it over. You guys know I love Shopify too. And the thing is for years, I was an Android user and I just didn't want to get an iPhone because everybody else had an iPhone. Like it just (laughs) irritated me. And I also didn't want to give up like an actual keyboard, right? I didn't want to move fully to the touch keyboard. So I think I switched to iPhone. Maybe it was generation five. So I was pretty, I was a late bloomer there, but I was so sick and tired of iPhone always getting the apps first. And Android was always like a year later and it pissed me off. And that's what Shopify is in the e-com space. The integrations go to Shopify first because it is the top platform. So it's just something to consider. If you're thinking about migrating, reach out because I can get you an extended trial way past the traditional 14 days, which is super cool. Just as a partner, I can get you that. So reach out. I feel like we've rambled a lot today, but I hope you guys are still getting a shit ton of value. This is what happens when Nicole and I chat. If you've ever (laughs) seen one of our live videos in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group, you know, this is how we roll together. So let's assume 
the listeners have tuned out every damn thing that we've said, and they're only listening right now. What is like the one takeaway from this episode you want them to have? Facebook ads still work if you know how to track them properly. That's it. They still work. And if you know how to detail target your customers, you will see success with them, whether you're spending a hundred bucks a month or a hundred thousand bucks a month. It is something that I think you just the right teacher, which hi, I'm here. I'd love to help you. Um, <laughs> and the lounge is going to be an amazing space for that. If you want to dip your toes more into that aspect of learning Facebook ads, or at least the technicalities of it, because it is a whole strategy, but I'm excited to be able to offer that because I think, like you said, in the beginning of this episode, Jess, a lot of people believe that Facebook ads don't work and it is the worst stigma for an e-commerce business to have, in my opinion, because that is where you start growing to those multiple six, seven figure goals, if that's where you want to go. And it's something that I just think is you work less for it. You work less for those customers. And if I can help you not work the 14 hours that you're working right now, I would love to do that for you. And that's what I really love about ads is it does take off that time of getting to those next goals. Oh, so good. Okay. So for those people who don't know who you are, where can we find you? How do we learn from you? How do we have you run our ads for us? Because we're just sick and tired of doing it ourselves. (laughs) Tell us all the things. Of course. Okay. So you guys can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Diedrich Marketing Strategies. And then I have a Facebook group that's called Six Figure Marketing Strategies for Women Entrepreneurs. You can find me there. I do a lot of trainings on ads and organic marketing. So if you're not ready for the ads portion, we do focus on everything social. And then if you're looking for an ads manager right now, we are taking on clients. My prices are going up in January. So would love to get you on to, I have a free 30 minute consultation call. I'll send that Calendly link to Jess so she can add to the bottom of this, but I would love to have you guys in my space. Feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook as well. I try to do valuable posts on my Facebook page too. You know, we're here to connect with you. I'm obviously in e-commerce badassery a lot our new program that's fully launching in January. I'm so excited for. So please sign up for the wait list of the lounge because you are going to be blown away about all the stuff that we'll be able to help you do with your marketing and your e-commerce business. So can't wait for that as well. But yeah, those are all my places. And guys, I know we had like a bajillion calls to action for you today, which I try to avoid doing. And I will always tell you not to give your customers so many calls to action, Here we are breaking the rules, but don't worry. I'm going to have all the links in the show notes. They'll be nice and organized for you. So whether you're trying to connect with Nicole, you want to get your hands on that spreadsheet to track the profitability of your ads, or you just want to come hang out with us in our brand new membership, the lounge, it'll all be there for you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and spending your time with us. We know you could be anywhere on the internet. Thank you, Nicole, so much for being here, spending your time with me. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And you know what, guys? I will see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.